Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when I had the firm and working with other accountants, there's certain accountants that uh, eat, breathe, and sleep accounting, and like know the tax law inside out. But yeah, there was that. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Torrin Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking to Anthony Spagnolo a jack of all trades and a rising star in the property and development space. We learn how this accountant turned investor and developer has managed to juggle so many projects while still running his property advisory business and much, much more. Spagnolo is used to wearing many hats. Sort of followed in my father's footsteps, uh, took over the accounting firm, um, ran that for 12 years. Um, at the same time, my father was um, uh, actually in, in the property development space, so he sort of focused on that side of things and I, I managed the firm. Um, however, that wasn't always going to be my uh, sort of end goal, I guess. I didn't see myself as uh, staying as an accountant for my whole career, so um, when we got out, out of the accounting firm, sort of, uh, I was just in, uh, involved with the development side of things um, all along, sort of, uh, to some extent, and then I just, just moved into that space also, um, and sort of, uh, yeah, family business, you wear many hats, however, I also um, enjoyed the project um, management of, um, our developments and that yeah was always something that interests me so even when I um, uh, was yeah making career choices earlier on I was I was a decision between sort of construction management and accounting so I then was able to revisit that and um, along the way I also decided yeah to get my builder's license so that was a little bit more education um, yeah and, and yeah, one thing led to another, and, and uh, from that point, I was still involved in the family business. However, I then decided to do some of my own developments and just, uh, yeah, just sort of kept it sort of pretty small scale with townhouses and duplexes. And so that's uh, to date, that's sort of what I still uh, I still do and love doing. Um, I have also. Along the way, now for the last 18 months, I've set up a property advisory, so a bit of a, um, a bit of a hybrid, I guess, from what I was doing with clients in the accounting space and also my um, skills in property. So I've combined the two, and I just uh, enjoy yeah, helping clients to, to, to uh, 
yeah, experience the same journey or, or wherever I can help, I guess. So. His switch from accounting to property development was a bold move. Yeah, some account, a lot of, even when I had the firm and working with other accountants, there's certain accountants that eat, breathe and sleep accounting and like know the tax law inside out. But yeah, there was that, yeah, a lot of people that make me say, what, you're, you're an accountant? Like they didn't, I guess I didn't fit the um, general stereotype or mold. So why did he do it? You need a new challenge sometimes in life, and and that's sort of uh, yeah. Property is obviously a, 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 it starts out as a pat pat like sort of you get one investment property and it's passive income and then it builds up. But sort of all along, I was focused on going to that next level and and in the actual development space, I guess. So. And what does a typical day for Spagnola look like? Essentially, I'm dealing with clients on a daily basis, so. Following up new leads, um, following up client briefs that we've already sort of worked clients we're working with. Yeah, so a lot of the day is spent on the phone, um, uh, and then yeah, and, and then or, or, or also yes, sourcing properties, dealing with our agents or property developers or yeah, whoever we wherever we get source stock. So that takes up a large portion, and then in between, I've also got projects running so it's just managing managing the A's, uh progress uh of projects i guess so that that probably doesn't take up as much time as the um property advisory i guess but you, you, you just don't want to take your eye off the ball to keep up with the many moving parts involved in his business spagnola likes to stay educated Oh, well, the accountancy essentially has been replaced with the property advisory, like the accountancy we sold back in 2010, I think it was. So, so um, yeah, so I've got, I've, yeah, it's not that many things, but recently, yeah, my, uh, a close friend of mine who does all my digital marketing is very um, niched in the, in the uh, finance and brokerage space. So, works with a lot of brokers. So, uh, at the start of the year, I actually got my broker broking license as well, so not that, that that's just a something to have there, and it gives a greater level of um, understanding, I guess. Every property purchase for a client, you need to we need to know the way to structure loans and that. So I've got te- I've got supported by some bro- a team of brokers. However, that's not my yeah, my focus is property. He has always been based in and around his hometown in Western Sydney. Uh, so I grew up in Western Sydney. Um, so, uh, yeah, I lived in sort of Bosley Park and Horsley Park. I uh, attended school at Fairfield Patrician Brothers College, a Catholic school, uh, school in, so in West, yeah, Western Sydney. Uh, our office, even from that point, was um, always yeah, in or around that area in Fairfield. Um, and, yeah, always, I've always sort of been based in Western Sydney, I guess. So. When deciding what to study at university and ultimately what career path he would take, Spagnolo played it safe. So obviously, uh, uh, at university, um, I had a conversation with my uncle, who's a, a lawyer or solicitor, um, and he said he sort of advised me. He goes, "Why do you want to do um, construction? You can do that later on. Just get a, get get um, get a profession behind you. So whether it's account accountancy, law, and then just the obvious step was account accountancy with yeah." working like in my school holidays and whatnot um, with my father. So I had a bit of a taste of it. Uh, I thought I thought uh, anything 
yeah, finance but finance based or analytical would hold me in good stead for yeah, um, open up doors down the track, I guess. So, so I actually studied um, at uh, also Western Sydney UWS uh, in Parramatta. Uh, so I did commerce, uh, Bachelor of Commerce Accounting. So that was my study. But when eventually moving into the property development space, his skills in accounting were put to good use. I find that yeah, it's everything in life more is analytical. Yeah, even with property, you're crunching the numbers. So it's not that I, I was able to get away from it totally. So, so did Spagnolia branch out after university? Yeah, no, I was always sort of in um, in the family business, I guess. Just there was yeah, just a smooth transition um, at the time. At, my t- at the time, I, like uh, my father, like obviously didn't want. M- me to report to him directly. We had a manager, so it felt like I was working elsewhere. Like probably still got yeah special privileges, I guess. But um, I did always think about going um, somewhere else to work. But it just uh, yeah, whilst I, I, I um, uh, was yeah sort of had that opportunity, and it was easy to sort of get your own client base as well. So just yeah, once once things got going, I just um, yeah didn't have any need to go elsewhere, I guess. It may have been good to work yeah, in a larger firm and get some different sort of experience, but um, I think I always knew that it was going to be a stepping stone, so that's yeah, this just the way it unfolded. And what was the family business like? We had, it was probably a max of uh, 15 staff, I guess, at one stage. It was the largest that the firm sort of um, got. Uh, so we thought, yeah, from individual tax returns, company, clients, uh, self-managed super funds. Yes, yeah, so a bit of a bit of a mix, I guess. What did Spagnolia learn from working closely with so many businesses? If your debtors aren't paid, I guess, and you've got bills to pay yourself, there's always going to be challenges, I guess. And yeah, cash flow, I guess, is the main issue that uh, most businesses were facing. So. Positive cash flow allows for Spagnolia to spend more of his time investing. My strategy for property, I wanted to obviously want to hold as much as possible. Um, so doing projects, I didn't and I didn't really really ha- have that cash cash flow um, business anymore. Um, so you'd have to sell sell along the way. However, I found yeah the property advisory lets me get back to my roots and what I like what I like to do in dealing with people on a daily basis. And he takes advantage of the downtime between developments. Oh yeah, I think so as well. And then, uh, um, look, uh, obviously, if it's just even a normal investment, you need time for uh, for a asset to go up in value just through um, through capital growth. So even with some of our developments, there's, there's a the A process would go from a year or so before you turn dirt. So in between, you need some some revenue coming in from somewhere. So that's sort of um, yeah, it's definitely definitely uh, sort of how how things came about, I guess, in that that sense to um, to get look as well. It's when like as I mentioned, when projects go for a year or so for the getting the groundwork done, I felt yeah, also found that I had a little bit more capacity on my day to day schedule and needed another challenge and his property investing journey began in the role of a silent investor 
Um, obviously, yeah, I was working in the business throughout uni, um, finished school in 99. Um, so I completed uni and sort of uh, started full time the first year, but then sort of went part time. So I didn't finish uni till about, I think it was five years or six years from, yeah, so yeah, 2004, 2005. But I was essentially working in as an accountant that whole time. Um, till about 2010 uh, or 11, say, 11. Uh, so probably 12 years or thereabouts, or yeah. 10, uh, so um, throughout, as I mentioned, we're in sort of property development uh, as well. My first um, uh, investment was sort of close to home. Um, as you do, you sort of know the area, so it's just a standard rent, rental property. Um, also, uh, uh, we did a sub. My father did a subdivision. Since selling the accounting firm almost a decade ago, Spagnolia jumped into the development and property investing space full time, gaining more hands-on experience. Working on the larger scale projects, like with, within the, the group, yeah, we had some other partners. So we've done, yeah, apartment buildings, seventy apart, seventy units, um, some commercial properties built to Bunnings at Rockdale. Um, uh, some rezoning processes, one on the central coast that comes to mind. Uh, at the moment, we've got um, a bulky goods um, project happening in Western Sydney. So there's all and a rezoning also in sort of Campbelltown, some land for for residential uh, lots, I guess. So there's bits and pieces of everything that I get. Like I've got a bit of a feel for the whole uh, whole whole space, I guess. So. So, what was his role? Yeah, those big ones were just more so from, uh, yeah, a, a, a project management management sort of side of things. They weren't personal investments, I guess. It was just more so within the larger scheme of things. And how did he get involved in these larger projects? Yeah, I had a network of people through the accounting business, so helped some clients with some projects along the way, and yeah, a lot, a lot of yeah, as you know. The, uh, make good connections so yeah just helping uh, some clients initially then as I mentioned the family business was also property development working on those projects is where I sort of really got my teeth into things um, and then uh, to tell you the truth the, the sourcing of sites because um, uh, obviously I was at the point where I was running jobs but the groundwork of um, what makes a good site or or the sourcing uh i essentially had to do some self-education again so a lot of seminars and study and yeah books and whatnot and didn't sort of know where to start um some online courses in property development i guess um steve mcknight is one that comes to mind that i did an online sort of um, mentoring course, so that, and then just just actually getting getting into it and being active, looking online for potential sites, crunching some fizos, uh, working out uh, yeah what makes a good site, talking to my architects and town planners and whatnot. So yeah, I didn't pull the trigger on my own personal portfolio until a little bit later on. So for a few years, I was just doing that self education, probably. Uh, I don't know, five or seven years back maybe, um, is sort of where things sort of scarred a little bit. Um, I was 
uh, my aha moment, I guess, was um, for a while, yeah, I was ta- like, uh, yeah, we had several partners in the business. So I was always, I was bringing projects to the table, but sort of um, didn't seem like, it would, yeah, we had enough enough things going on in the pipeline. So I was waiting for my opportunity to, to a certain extent. And um, my wife said to me one day, uh, why don't you just start small? Like, just look for a du- duplex townhouse and just do it yourself and then that was something that really got me going basically so um a lot of like a lot of fizos in um things in western sydney just didn't stack up so i had to then i started looking in better areas so eastwood ride um uh so my first projects came in those sort of areas ride eastwood um and I've just completed one in Epping and now um, one under construction should be completed by the end of the year in Caring Bar South. So I, I, I basically, through my analysis, found out that you have that to make the sort of mar- the profit margin that I was setting out to achieve, I had to go in a little bit um, more expensive areas, I guess. Yeah. What was his first project like and what did you learn from it? We already had a DA on 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 it this one, so I intended um intended to proceed straight away. However, yeah, and and just put a deposit one day, and I, and I said, yeah, I'm never going to know unless I take take the plunge or the numbers look good. So I said, give it a go. Um, then working with my architects, I uh, found that yeah, looking at the current DA, um, I thought it might be achievable to increase it. Um, so it was basically yeah, duplexes, two duplexes. Um, I thought there would be an opportunity to change the design a little bit uh, and achieve four-bedroom um, duplexes instead of three. However, that was a bit of a challenge just due to um, the ride council changed their LEP because so the frontage was, uh, I think, uh, only around 15 Meters and the block was around 580 square meters. Um, so it qualified for dual occupancy under the uh, old LEP DCP. However, to to make the changes that I, I wanted to make, um, yeah, I could only do it as a section 96. So it was a little bit challenging because the the new requirements that came out were that uh, for dual ox were that it required 600 square meters. Uh, and, and 20 meter frontage. So if I went for a new DA, it wouldn't have qualified. So I had to, yeah, be work work with my town planners and, and architects to um, to get the result that I was after, just for better resales, I guess. So. so did he succeed in transforming the duplexes from these three bedrooms into four? The previous design had a lot of steel in it and wasn't really um, uh, yeah, yeah, construction friendly, I guess. So that was an- another thing that pushed me to sort of go through in changing the, the design. However, uh, it was a learning experience dealing with council, I guess, and delays. And the previous design also had at the back of the house, it had a, so I went from a pitch roof and then lower level where the kitchen was um, it looked like really funny because it went from pitch roof to a flat roof and I couldn't work out 
couldn't work out why they had designed it like that. And they had no information from the previous owner who was basically an owner occupier who was then upgrading his family home to um, move to a bigger place. So what I found out along the way, once I put in my new design, that I had objections from the next door neighbor. So it just, it was a real challenging neighbor, um, was very um, anti-development, I guess. And the reason that the, there was a flat roof on the back of the property was because uh, he this neighbor was actually the president of the Cactus and Succulent Society. So he actually, the neighbor worked, the, the guy that I purchased the property off actually built that back roof to appease the neighbor because he knew that he had these rare cactuses, I guess, in a certain location and didn't want to block his son to these cactuses. So something that should have been a quick couple of month turnaround turned into about seven or eight months. So extra holding costs. Um, I offered to, to build to build the neighbour uh, a greenhouse at the back of his property, trying to find a solution, but he just wouldn't budge. Um, so that was a bit of a challenge. And how long were the delays on this project? I remember the conversation. He said, "Get it, get it." He said, "Get it through your thick skull. Uh, these cactuses have been there for twenty five years, and I'm not moving them." So he didn't move them. <laughs> so what happened in the end? In the end, I got it through with my design. He wasn't happy. Um, caused a little bit of grief throughout the build process, but I, I actually, at the time, I didn't have my builder's license. Um, I had a con contract build with a mate of mine. So he was giving me daily updates of what was going on with the neighbor causing grief, but I'm glad that I wasn't the builder on that job. It was all worth it in the end for Spagnolo, who caught the boom of the Sydney market. Yes, well, I got natural uplift from from the actual yeah the growth so I caught the, the boom so um, that was um, that was one aspect look you can't you can't factor that in when doing your feasibility so it's a bonus so yeah it more comes down to hard work and work crunching your numbers on the current market uh, situations I guess and anything else is a bonus so. when taking the delays into account development had a speedy finish. Oh, another trick uh, thing that was tricky, I guess, um, was that I didn't allow for was the probably the time that it takes to, to get uh, in, in this uh, instance, it was um, a strata subdivision. Um, so probably you got to get things going a, a, a little bit more with the checklist working with your sort of um, your uh, surveyor to get the OSD positive cover, OSD tanks, which is for drainage. You've got to get your positive covenant, covenant signed off, registered with the bank before you get your certifier to then go through his checklist to give you the final OSD. So lucky I was um, intending on keeping those, those um, uh, finished products, I guess, prior to having the OC like an interim sort of OC but I mean until you get your final OC um, you can't actually if I, if I wanted to sell the product probably took another five to six months at the back end of the pro, uh, project to get the strata subdivision so yeah that, that, that was yeah, the whole project was a learning experience and where do these properties currently stand I've sold one now uh, of those uh, properties 
Uh, and then I've gone on and I've done another three or three, um, uh, three, yeah, duplex, uh, yeah, developments since then. Uh, I've got one under construction now in Caringbar South. So, yeah, so the aim is to buy and hold, but yeah, I've, I had to sell one to fund this other project. And yeah, uh, even if I've got to sell one out of each project as we go, yeah, as long as you can sort of, yeah, realize some profit and and hold on to it, refinance at the end um, to get a bit of equity out. So. Over the years, Spagnola has invested in a number of properties and in order to keep doing this strategy, he buys and sells some of them. He has held on to six properties and plans to sell off more in the near future. Well, I've got, I've kept, uh, yeah, five, uh, five um, duplexes and I've got another site under construction. Um, uh, so that's, yeah, that's as well as my, yeah, my, my home, I guess. So. That's six properties plus then hopefully at the end of the year there'll be two to two uh, an extra two on top of that yes may have to sell another one or two or whatnot to keep things going um and then we also yeah have some land for in west yeah western sydney for future sort of um yeah residential sub uh subdivision i guess so although spagnolia doesn't necessarily have a doom and gloom story about his worst investing moment he does recall a project that has had significant delays. A project with, that I mentioned, some duplexes in Epping that were completed this year, probably had delays through Parramatta Council just because it had was like essentially on a hill where we put basement parking and the draining and the whole process going through council. They had a, a, a committee, I guess. So you submit things to a board, but then they didn't give us notification to make amendments so that essentially they're sent back the file and we had to resubmit so that that was another drawn out project i guess that um yeah cost us a fair bit of time like probably six months to eight months maybe just through the council spagnoli has to think creatively when picking up properties in order to create the most profit especially when the market is booming and there is a lot of competition I thought outside the box in this case, that was in 2017 or, or 18, I think, that we purchased that one. I was going to auctions, missing out on every every property that we're going to. Just the market was booming. I think it was 2017. Um, so we picked up that property for $1.9 million. Uh, it had a house on it. It was on a steep, quite a steep hill. Uh so I went to a few auctions and everything was going for two, the mid 200s. One a couple of streets away went for 2.750 from memory. So I found this other um, site. I knew it had challenges that you needed to, a lot of excavation was required, yeah, suspended slab. Um, so essentially it's come out, it's like a, looks like from the front, like a three level with the garages below. Um, yeah, there was probably... 200,000 extra build costs um, each side, so maybe three to 400,000, I guess. So I picked it up for 1.9. I, I said, even if it costs like uh, another two to 300,000, I'm still ahead from what the, um, what the other sites were selling for at the time. So I was a little bit, I was trying to th- yeah, think creatively, I guess. 
Um, it's a and, and it turned out to be a product because you can sort of slightly increase the floor space ratio as well by having the garages underneath um, and utilizing yeah, a little bit more of the land. So um, I think it still worked out in the end, but it was um, a complex build and and yeah, lucky I sort of had the right architects and sort of yeah builders on that job. Once again, the build probably just uh, we had copped a little bit of rain. The build probably took another three or four months longer than expected as well. So just throughout the project, that was a ch- like, pretty challenging one, I guess. So. And where is this property now? I'm holding that one. Um, just uh, essentially, if I hold something, I try to hold it for over 12 months as a minimum. Look, if I can, as I mentioned, create a cash flow business as well to try and, yeah, yeah, allow me to sort of hold hold more along the way, or that's the aim anyhow. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, as I was saying, keep it for 12 months for capital gains um, reasons, I guess. Also, yeah, um, yeah, you may be, if you're doing it as an investor and not as, uh, I guess, as to turn over stock, you're not classed as an enterprise, no GST implications, so essentially, I'm not looking at it as a, yeah, as a enterprise to keep um, buying, selling, and or sell prior to off the plan or whatnot. I yeah intend to build and hold strategy, refinance if there's profit in it, and essentially get some funds out to help um, with the next project. Spagnolo believes that even due to hurdles caused by COVID, this property is still making profit and holding on to it is just a matter of time before the next deal. I was getting like 950 a week in ride. Um, uh, I was projecting on these Epping ones to like sort of get 12, 1300 a week. Um, and uh, just due to COVID kicking in now, of sort of, of, of put long term tenants in for a thousand dollars a week in one, thousand and fifty in the other one. Um, I actually, the company, a, 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 a a connection of mine who was doing executive B&B stays. So I actually sort of fit the places out um, and had some had some good bookings and then COVID hit and then we still had the places furnished. So we had some doctors that were working in a nearby hospital taking um, one month at a time at the start of COVID. Um, however, yeah, everything, the whole uh, rental market, has been affected so I was uh, with the borders closed and and whatnot um, I didn't find that people were traveling because it was essentially executive B&B stays so it was more so for corporate people that were working interstate for a longer period with a couple of weeks not that it was only um, pigeonholed for for people working it was also people wanted it for accommodation and whatnot so um, the projections were really good, and we and the ride the ride one was actually a similar sort of setup. I just I was thinking outside the box to manufacture a little bit more income, and projections were showing that you could essentially double your your um, income in year two, I guess, because it works on reviews and and a whole a whole lot of factors, I guess. But it just I was um. Not that I'm a risk risk taker, but I had confidence in the model, I guess. But um, yeah, had to re- reassess and 
pivot, I guess, just back to normal, the normal leasehold. Yeah, not getting as much rent as um, as in anticipated, I guess. However, it's enough to still maintain it without without me have, having to tip up, uh, tip tip in as much or that much, I guess. So. Although he holds onto these properties for capital growth, they do need money to sustain them and during COVID, this has been a challenge. They're still negatively geared, I guess. Um, obviously, I, I work with a lot of clients, whether it's investors or uh, and uh, whether it's one uh, investors that I have here in New South Wales. I've also got a partnership with um, some guys up in Brisbane that, and they, we get like good wholesale stock up there whether it's house and land, off the band, jewel locks. So obviously, if you're going for a cash flow pay, um, I think, yeah, uh, Southeast Queensland is a really good option and very affordable. However, I've just, um, at the moment, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit, I would be investing up, or even we, we sell um, or purchase for our clients some NDIS properties as well, which is have really good yields. So yeah, it all depends what strategy um, specific uh, client is after, I guess, we can cater for that. Spagnolia says that although he didn't start out his property journey following a specific and sophisticated strategy, he always stayed educated and explains why. I knew I was in the property development space. I wanted, to, I liked that space. You could see that you can, that's where you can make money. Um, and also, you're just through some seminars, I guess. Always realize that uh, if you can do the DA yourself, even though the first one that I did was already DA approved. I could see a way to intrinsically create some value, which was, as I mentioned, um, changing it from three to four better and changing the design, saving on build costs. So I could see where I could sort of um, manipulate things a little bit to um, create some some extra uplift. Um, yeah, it was more so just a bit of education on on what is required to, yeah, essentially, if you buy something already DA, it, it may not have as much in it. But if you can do the DA process yourself, then you can obviously create a little bit more of that intrinsic value. So, Although Spagnoli has educated himself in many aspects of property investing, he admits he doesn't know everything and surrounds himself with experts. I hire the right people, yeah, yeah. Like I've got a, a really good um, art or architect they've got a big firm um some town planners we've worked with like i had worked with previously um on our larger scale projects so i had access to the right people which it's a, it, my advice to anyone would be get the right people around you because obviously you can't be an expert at um everything so just get someone that you feel comfortable with but also do your due diligence and make sure that they're They've got the capabilities to um, give you the best uh, service possible. He has created a niche for himself in the development space and doesn't see himself rocking the boat in the near future. Until he brings things up a little bit, he's happy to follow a rinse and repeat strategy. I've seen the shortcomings that can come from partnering with um, sort of uh, yeah other partners in projects, I guess. Yeah, my father... Has a business partner. Um, you often you may not see eye to eye with your partner. So whilst I can keep it 
sort of um, uh, manageable just doing my own thing. I'm happy to just keep going small, uh, sort of a bit of a rinse and repeat sort of process to a certain extent. But as you create more um, sort of sort of more of a portfolio, then potentially I can see that, um, yeah, maybe go go sort of some larger townhouse sites. But just, yeah, the resi space is something that I understand. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to just sort of proceed this way and just see where it takes me, I guess. So. Spagnoli explains his role in the development of 36 townhouses in Weddell Park that he took on two or three years ago, which ultimately prompted him to get another license. So essentially, yeah, we didn't have builders within the business prior, so we would um, tender the projects out um, to other builders. We had through our network some some good builders that we we knew personally and whatnot. So um, yeah, more so just running things uh, behind the scenes, I guess, contracts administration, um, going to site meetings, uh, getting progr- uh, yeah, progress updates, I guess, just um, making sure that the project was um, sort of running to schedule. Um, and then, as I said uh, previously, you wear many hats, I guess. It's the financing aspect still because it's a sort of a family business. So it was, yeah getting finance at the beginning of the project um, and initial, yeah, the DA process, getting, working with the architects design on the design and um, getting the best prices, I guess, going out to tender. So, uh, yeah, from, it's basically from, uh, yeah, the whole way through the process. The only thing that I probably didn't, um, didn't have as much expertise in was actually the sourcing aspect of the sites, which is, um, where I've developed myself at a later stage, I guess. So, and even that that townhouse site that I mentioned, thirty six townhouses, we were so that's what sort of got me into. Uh, it gave me a little bit of a taste of sort of the real estate side of things, I guess. So, so we even were doing some off the plan sales, selling the project um, ourselves. So got a taste for for that side of things so I just yeah also obviously got my real estate license along the way to to I need that as a, a credential I guess in the in the property advisory buyers agency business so how does he manage his time between the buyers agency and working on his own projects I felt like I was juggling um, sort of stepped a little way uh, I stepped away a little bit from the family developments and 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 we're, and we're sort of that slowed because we had just some uh, some redevelopment. Uh, we just, for some reason, we had, uh, ended up with three or four sites that were either in the DA process or one for rezoning. So we didn't have um, projects where we were had actively going. We've just had one start um, sort of this month, yeah, last month, the one that I mentioned about the good site in Minchinbury, but... Um, just with my own sort of business taken off um, in in this space, I've sort of stepped away, I guess, from the that side of things, and just sort of essentially look after my own portfolio and projects. And I've only got one one project um, sort of under construction at the moment, so it's I've got a good build. Like it's under my license, but I've got a, a, a like a another builder who's sort of uh, 
project, uh, essentially, yeah, running the, the project for me, I guess, and I'm just sort of managing it from afar because I've got yeah, good, um, someone good and faith um, and trust, I guess, in that in my builder on that side, I guess. So it makes it easier for me to focus on. Yeah, essentially, you you make it sound like a lot, but I've only got sort of got yeah that project, the the clients I'm working with, and I've still got a little bit of um, interest in the other things going on, I guess. So. With an exceedingly strong work ethic, Spagnolia continues to add more to his plate, building up his portfolio and strengthening his relationships and reputation at his buyer's agency. My biggest why would be probably just to prove it to, my, to myself, probably prove it to essentially yourself is number one because I knew that I could, yeah, I, was, I wanted to achieve more, I guess, and it's just self-fulfillment, I guess. Uh, so that that's probably my why as well as being a family, you know, supporting. I've got three three beautiful girls, so four if you include my wife. So um, <laughs> so that's yeah, just more so yeah, just um, setting goals for yourself um, and pretty proving it to others as well. Okay, so like yeah, I've, uh, my father's sort of been my mentor all along, and you just you, you just want to show that you're yeah capable of achieving success. Spagnoli understands the importance of having people around you that you can learn from as he is always trying to better himself. I've always did just uh, had other people that I talk to. You can never you can get never get enough knowledge, I guess, just other people that are experienced and, and sort of, uh, yeah, you pick their brains and, and, and sort of uh, no one specifically prob- um, that I would call a mentor. Uh, Probably in the last, since I've had the property advisory business, I worked with some like a sort of coach in the digital marketing space just to get my business up and running. And now I've got a good friend of mine that's made deals in the um, digital marketing space, and he's sort of become sort of like a, a mentor, I guess, in getting this business up and running and off the ground and strategy. And so, yeah, yeah, that's been um, a good experience because you got someone to lean on. So, not only does he find learning material in various resources. He also brushes up on his mindset by looking to stories of inspiration in any capacity. Just a whole heap, I guess, listening even to podcasts, um, yeah, a whole heap of property books, uh, mindset sort of books. Um, probably I take, uh, yeah, Brendan Brochard's uh, uh, Success Habits. Um, uh, yeah, I'll do a daily journal and yeah, just I think setting goals. I think that that that's it helps solidify um, where where you are, where you want to go, and just keeps you on track, I guess. So um, probably another yeah, book that I would say was David Goggins. It's more of a he's a former U.S. Um, uh, Navy SEAL um, who has also run ultra marathons and um, had the world uh, record for most amount of chin ups in 24 hours. So, just just uh, that's like a, a like a motivational sort of book that, and I've yeah done a couple of uh, half marathons myself last year. Just getting inspired from from reading that book, I guess. So that's uh, one of true grit and um, yeah, really inspired me, I guess. So. Spagnolia also finds that exercising daily helps him stay focused and motivated. 
This also requires him to keep routines, which is important in his professional life and pushes him to do better. Are they only halves? Are they only halves? I was planning on doing a full one this year, but sort of I still keep keep my running up to, to a certain extent. But COVID hit, and yeah, then I sort of probably slackened off a little bit. So yeah, well, the, well daily exercise as well. I think keeps me on in some routine, whether it's the gym, boxing, running. I was always into my soccer, football. Like so, it's daily daily exercise keeps me sort of um, focused. I guess. So, what would he say to himself 10 years ago? Would he do anything differently? Probably put your head down, buckle down a bit more, stop um, stop mucking around. But no, um, probably just uh, self-educate earlier, I guess. Of Like anyone, any or whether it's just an investor or someone wanting to get into property development, I probably, even and, and I, mean, I was in a really good situation that I had great the advantage that I was surrounded by um, Great people and uh, and great opportunities, but I feel that I, I even myself, knowing the starting point, how to go to take the next step, you, you sometimes feel stuck. Um, and I just think if you, um, yeah, take daily activity and do some do self educate like re- education and research. Uh, yeah, that would that be my advice to myself. Just start educating yourself, and then the rest will come. So. Yeah, daily activity equals success, I think. Spagnelli could always see the bigger picture in terms of his property journey and therefore believe that he could do it all. Something that was holding me back for a little bit, I could see like, the bigger picture but I did, yeah, you got to take baby steps to get there essentially. So, Over the next five years, he hopes to continue helping others who are experiencing the same journey that he has been on. Um, just yeah, seeing where it takes me, doing more projects, um, and yeah, as I mentioned, my yeah, my, my yeah, uh, primary focus is helping others as well to to experience the same journey. Like sometimes you may take it for granted, like having that knowledge. But um, yeah, I just want to help others to to get get going and get started. And if you don't know where to begin, you know, I'm more than happy to yeah, give you a helping hand and and go from there. I guess. So. My last question to you is: How much of this is because of your knowledge, your skill, um, and, and, and you know, hard work, or do you think this is all based on luck? Uh, definitely not luck. I, I think luck. The mar- you may have luck in the market, but you've got to be in it to win it. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's hard, it's hard work. You've got to do the research. You've got to get you got to get in there. I guess you got to get, be active. Um, yeah, it's luck. Luck can sort of um, help things along, but um, daily activity, it's um, the compound effect, I guess. So it's just little bits, keep adding up and eventually, yeah, you're a couple of years down the track and you look back and you can think, oh, wow, that's just through taking steps along the way and not skipping any steps. He trusts in the process and continues to work harder and harder each day, perfecting his craft and taking it all in. Yeah, it's a learning experience and you, you, you never stop learning and, and or or yeah, having new experiences, so otherwise yeah, it'd sort of be, be boring, wouldn't it? So. Thank you to Anthony Spagnolia 
our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey and get a copy of this episode guide on the website, head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide. This guide will give you the inside scoop on the little gold nuggets of wisdom all our guests share from their backstory and their overall strategies and philosophies. Plus, you'll get a copy of the advice broken down and shared in a quick and easy to consume format. Just head over to propertyinvestory.com forward slash guide and download it today. Thanks for listening.